You're listening to a 95BFM podcast. Trees, mountains, a curious kiddo. It's time for the Green Desk on 95BFM. Why would anyone want to piss off tens of thousands of people in order to restore rail in New Zealand? Well, that's exactly what protesters are doing in Wellington, blocking main roads at peak hour traffic. Now, that's not making any friends on the road. And as it turns out, that's basically the point. They don't want to change hearts. They just want your eyes and ears. This week on The Green Desk, I spoke with Sarah Belling, who is a Restore Passenger Rail supporter and took part in a protest. I wanted to hear from Sarah why they're pissing off a whole bunch of people and how that's going to get rail back chugging along in New Zealand. Here's Sarah. So I was part of the um, Terrace Tunnel protest a few weeks ago. I think it was Monday the 17th of April. So I was part of a group of four women sitting on the road blocking the entrance of Terrace Tunnel. Um, Now, I was sitting on the shoulder, so that's where we would have let ambulances through, and because of that, I didn't glue myself to the road, but a couple of the people did. Oh, wow. And so and so, what what time was this exactly as well in the morning? And like, could you, could you kind of run us through about how, what happened? Because I imagine that would be quite an um, intense experience. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so this was about 8 a.m. on a Monday morning, rush hour traffic. Yeah, we did have a few angry motorists come up to us on the road and, you know, ask what the hell we were doing there. Um, and that's why we had our de-escalation team to talk to those people to calm them down. And the people on the road were just able to sit there calmly until the police arrived. So what what did you say to the protesters? I mean, the sorry, the um, angry people um, out of their cars. Um, yeah, so I didn't get a chance to speak to them personally, but we would have just explained why we were there, that the police were on their way um, to deal with the situation and that, you know, to give them a, a timeline of how long the disruption would be. And for a lot of these angry motorists, they just want someone to vent their anger to. So <laughs> with the, the two people um, that came up to us, they, you know, like had their angry moment and then they realised like, oh, you know, I'm on the clock, I'm being paid for this, it's not that bad. And <laughs> <laughs> calmed down by the time the media tried interviewing them. Um, and then so why is it so important for you guys, you in particular and the organisation that Passenger Rail be restored? Yeah, so we've gone with um, Restoring Passenger Rail because it's quite a popular demand as seen by the amount of submissions from the um, parliamentary inquiry into interregional passenger rail last year. And because it's quite low-hanging fruit in terms of restoring, well, reducing emissions, since the train tracks are already there, they're just being used for freight and tourist um, services at the moment. So the first step of restoring passenger rail services would just be to add some rolling stock onto those existing lines to carry passengers at an affordable price. I've always been quite fascinated why basically pissing a load of people off as like a form of protest um, would be the kind of route you wanted to go down, (laughs) yeah, to try and get this across the line. And I guess what you're saying is that 
you actually don't need to win people over because by and large people actually quite like rail. Is that a fair assessment? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, what we're doing is speaking the popular demand of restoring passenger rail and free public transport impossible to ignore. Mm. So do you think it's working so far? Yes. <laughs> yes. So just as a personal example, so I was part of the um, March 3rd climate strike this year and we had thousands of people come out to show their frustration at the government in action on climate change. And, like, we got a day of media attention and then it kind of died out. And then we had Chris Hipkins announcing the withdrawal of a bunch of climate policies. We had our mayor here in Auckland announce budget cuts to climate action. And it's like they've completely ignored those thousands of people who are marching for the climate. But with the Restore Passenger Rail protest, we've had more media coverage in a three-week period than any other campaign has had in a three-week period. And we've got media and politicians constantly talking about this, even on the days when we're not doing these protests. Mm, So coming at it from a kind of, I don't know, political action lens, it's like you're you're really just trying to set the agenda rather than convince the public of this. Mm. But, I mean, how... I mean, it does set the agenda, but is it... Do you think it's going to actually change people's mind, like the decision makers' minds on this? Because at the moment they seem to be, doesn't seem to be I don't know, making inroads at the moment, or, or is it? Um, so we've seen this tactic of blocking roads work overseas. So we're part of the A22 network, which is a network of 11 campaigns from high per capita emitting countries across the world. And you may have heard of Just Stop Oil in the UK. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so they were previously in Slate Britain and they were using the same tactics we are of blocking roads um, and demanding insulation. Um, and this was a hugely popular demand. So their actions of blocking roads were effective enough and brought insulation to the top of the political agenda. And now with the Just Up Oil campaign, all of the UK parties, except the Tories, have agreed to the demand of stopping new oil and gas licensing. So, yeah, this gives me a lot of hope for climate action in New Zealand because it's been exhausting trying to make a difference through petitions, submissions, protest marches and not seeing anything happen really yeah now that we're taking this action and we're seeing it having effects in other countries i've got a lot of hope that we'll push through with this Mm. and so can you give us any insight on on i don't know what's what's next with the movement or is it just kind of staying in the media and any 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 hints (laughs) um yeah so basically we will just keep the pressure on until the government shows a commitment to uh, restoring passenger rail and free public transport. Yeah, if <laughs> any of your listeners are interested in getting involved with us, um, we have a website, restorepassengerrail.nz, where you can sign up for intro talks to, to come take arrestable or non-arrestable action with us. And there's also links to donate on their website. Um, so there, in June this year, there's going to be the... Um inquiry into the future of interregional passenger rail coming out if the government or you know the national or whatever kind of looks favorably at taking those kind of recommendations on would that mean you guys kind of go away 
Um, yeah, that's one of our demands ticked off. We also have the additional demand this year of free public transport. So we would keep pushing for that one to be um, implemented as well. But that would be like an amazing win for the campaign and for yeah all of New Zealand to have those passenger rail services restored. And that was Sarah Bearling from the Restore Passenger Rail Group. Uh, thanks so much for coming on the show, and I hope you all enjoyed that Green Desk, a little bit of uh, something different this week. See you later. That was the Green Desk on 95BFM. That was a 95BFM podcast. To hear more, head to 95BFM.com slash bcasts.